one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Before we start the podcast, we just wanted to say thank you to everyone for supporting this podcast. We are having the most amazing time creating it, and we're so happy to get all of your feedback. And also, because of you, we've been asked to do our first live podcast ever at Just for Laughs in Montreal. You can get tickets to the show at <laughs> .com. For real, that's the URL. It's ha 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 dot com, and then just search for Side Note, and you can get tickets there. We have a really exciting show planned for you. The theme is going to be pop stars. We're going to be telling stories. We're going to be debating. There's going to be a special guest, and we have a really interesting new format to try out live. And we're going to record it so that you can actually hear it too. If you can't make it to the beautiful city of Montreal, you'll be able to listen to that episode in a couple weeks. So again, it's Side Note Podcast Live at Just for Laughs on July 25th at noon and go to hahaha.com. Search for Side Note to get your tickets. Became British. Let's stop the show. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we chat about life and what's stumping us right now. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today we're going to be talking about sex ed. We're going to start with some embarrassing stories about breaking a condom, about talking to our parents about sex, and you know, how we actually initiated and engaged with sex ed in our lives. And then we're going to be going into a debate. Less of a debate because Mitch and I are on the same side for this one. It's more of a read of what's going on in Canada and in Ontario right now with the sex ed curriculum now that a new government has come into power. It's really sad in our opinion, but it's also interesting and important that we talk about it and understand it. Today, the side notes will be presented by myself, Gregory Brown, and our amazing producer, Rachel. Hi, guys. Let's talk about sex. Bonjour. I'm mad. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're mad. mad today. We have lots to talk about. I'm frustrated. We're, uh, some stupid stuff is going on where we live in our province of Ontario. I know. It seems kind of niche because a lot of people who probably listen to this podcast, it's international. We're international, baby. <laughs> international. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be speaking about something that's happening currently in Ontario, yeah. a province in Canada. It's relevant, I think, to the world, uh, yeah. to the states as well. Um, but the world, everything. Yeah, I just know we have these conversations because North America like shares some of these problems. We always look at the states and go like, "Oh my God, they're so backwards! Like everything they're doing is so regressive." Now it's like, no, it's happening here. Similar types of politics. Basically, we're going to get into this in our debate, but like the whole Ontario sex ed curriculum is being reversed. It had been brought forward and really progressed, and now a new conservative government has come in, and so we are going to rant the hell out of that because it's so stupid and really frustrating. But 
that. I know, and I wonder if people need to know. It's just like people think of Canada as a very like progressive place, which it is, like from a federal perspective. I guess our prime minister, many people on the world scale would, scale would say, is very progressive. Mm-hmm. But like in our versions of states, provinces, many other countries have provinces. Mm-hmm. Ontario, the most populated. Uh, province in Canada. It has Toronto where we live, like a huge city, Mm -hmm. has just voted for a conservative government. Doug Ford, who's the brother of the infamous mayor, Rob Ford, who who also made international news. Yeah, for doing crap. They look like uncooked hams. That's the way I'm saying. They're kind of funny to look at when you think of them like being in power. It's like kind of a... It's like Trump, the way that their actual physical appearance. And the way they speak as well. Yeah, absolutes. Speak in absolutes and lie. Yeah, literally just full lies. And it works. Anyway, we're going to rant the hell out of that. But first, we might as well jump into sex ed and our story time and experience with that. Yeah, so, here goes some story, story time. <laughs> story time. Wow, did that work? <laughs> like we auto tuned it. No, no, oh. it was like it was nicer than usual. I have such but, a false idea of my um, voice. I'm like that was perfect. That was like we could be pop stars. <laughs> Just don't listen back to it. Uh, Sorry, we have to edit this. Sex ed. So like, yeah, I what feel a like... weird time to go through as a child. I feel like I. I have such like visceral reactions thinking about talking and thinking about sex at that age. Like the idea of having to be approached by my parents as an example. Like, did your parents give you the talk? No, never. Um, no. And like, <gasps> wow. yeah, like I don't, well, what? not that I recall, like, what's the talk? Like, just like, about did they talk to you about yeah, sex or ever? Like, I honestly don't think I, at all ever. No. Um, yeah. If we want to get into like oh my, my side gosh, of the story right thought. away, we can. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we my, can. My story is not a full story, but it's literally that I did not get sex ed because I went to a Catholic school. Isn't so that fucked up? That is, okay, in my opinion, disgusting. But okay, I that's also, a strong word. So but here, what do you mean you didn't context. get sex ed? So, Okay, I am looking back and I'm like, okay, first of all, like I believe I guess in the Catholic religion like you're it's like abstinence only, right? So you can't learn about like condoms, you can't Which learn about insane. like the pill, you can't learn about like certain ways to like be safe, not just from pregnancy, but it also impacts like STIs and things like that. Um, but I just remember like I didn't want to do gym class big surprise and i think that's where you mostly learn about like your body and sex health and stuff like that so you could so, opt out well i okay i'm i'm having like a fuzzy memory but i'm pretty sure i you had to take it one year right like there was once one semester of one year you had to take a gym class but i don't think i took it until grade 12 because i was like well i can't graduate unless i have my gym class so i did it at that age but at which point they're they're far beyond like teaching you about sexual health like i think it's in grade nine and ten so it's not mandatory whereas i went to a public school where it is mandatory yeah and that's why i'm confused because i would have i thought it was mandatory and then i look back and i'm like i literally in grade school we taught like i did sex not sex classes but like we did talk about like bodies and but didn't you say there was like this weird other word for it it was like growing up no yeah we had family life it was like it, wait was that what it was called fully alive that's what it was called fully so alive if you went to a catholic school like fully you alive, know, you're banging now. every year you get a different fully alive book it's like when you're in science and every year they have like the different book but fully alive was like not a fully religious book, but it would all it was it was the book that would teach you about like what a penis was and what an erection was. And oh, that's sex ed. Then you did have that. Okay, but we didn't learn th- like anything about safe sex is what I guess I'm trying to get at, or wow, anything yeah. about like you didn't put a condom on a never penis. no. Since Mitch's sex ed curriculum was pretty much non-existent, I was curious to see if both Catholic and public schools had to comply with the 2015 update. And yes. 
the Catholic school board had to implement the curriculum, even though Catholic moral teaching forbids the use of artificial contraception as a grave evil. Their words, not mine. But what is sex ed like for our neighbors south of the border? In the United States, sex education varies widely from state to state. In fact, fewer than half of U.S. states require schools to teach sex ed. And when sex ed is taught, experts find that it still overwhelmingly focuses on minimizing the risk of pregnancy and STIs from heterosexual intercourse. Though this is really important, the narrow focus leaves young people with few skills to cope with their feelings and make decisions in sexual encounters. But half the states require that abstinence only be the dominant message. For example, in Utah, it bans discussing the details of sexual intercourse and talking about homosexuality or the use of contraceptives or sexual activity outside of marriage. But in other parts of the U.S., the tides are shifting. For example, two of the largest school districts in the country, the Chicago Public School System and Florida's Broward County, have recently mandated that sex ed be taught in elementary schools. In Chicago, at least 300 minutes a year of sex ed is required from kindergarten to grade 4, and that number doubles from 5th grade to 12th grade. The curriculum includes important topics like body image, sexting, and social media. To be honest, I never knew what an uncircumcised penis was till I was like, you sexually, till I was sexually active and was like, "What <laughs> is that?" Um, there's something a little extra on your tip. Is <laughs> yeah. that an STI? Yeah, is that gonorrhea? Yeah, I think you have an STI, which I also didn't learn about. Like, oh my god! We didn't, so yeah, but that this was in like grade school because in that at that age you don't get to choose your classes. But those books would mostly focus on, like, family life, like, community and, like, uh, intertwined with religion. So there would be a small moment of it where you would talk about puberty and understand, like, bits of stuff like that. And I don't know what stage this is at anymore. Like, if I went and talked to a Catholic school teacher, I'm not totally sure if it's changed. But, yeah, like, I I always hear stories or see it in movies, people putting condoms on bananas. Like, nope, had no idea how to use a condom until I had to use it. And... Did not get that. Where do I put this on my toe? I mean, like, it's not that hard to figure out. I more just mean, like, it's just weird. Well, it is because you have to put it that one way. If you put it the other way, it doesn't roll down properly. True, but I'm I'm like 30, and that still happens to me sometimes where you're just like, wait, why? Do you know? Do you always get it right the first time? Well, yeah, you grab the part of it and then you roll it down the shaft. Yeah, I mean, I was taught when my age, when my brain was developing in the grade <laughs> seven, and so I've, you know, I've mastered it's, it. It's like popped inverted, and you don't know until you go, "Oops, that's the wrong way," and then you flip it upside down. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm just saying, maybe some people who went to college school wouldn't know how to flip it. <laughs> oh, please, no. But I'm sure there's other things, and so that is like to me crazy. Like, did yeah, you get so, it? Like, what's your what's your well, story? Okay, what's I your find it interesting that your parents never talked to you about it. Is I that because they were Catholic too, and they were just maybe like, like I feel like there's a lot of weird like Catholic guilt around. Like, my parents aren't per- particularly religious. Like, we did when I was younger go to church, but we don't anymore, or they don't e- either anymore. And it just never came up. I feel like my family's not like yeah, you're not conservative that about, socially, like, but yeah. they're conservative of like in values sex stuff yeah, yeah like we yeah. never like you some talk. families can talk about that yeah, at the dinner yeah. table and we just like yeah my family we talk more like we're more like um like we i would say yeah less conservative and we'd make more jokes sometimes i think it's a joke is a good entry i also way. wonder if like maybe my mom and sister had to have more talks because like when a girl goes through puberty and she's having yeah, the first like, period like happening? it has to be brought up right but what about the first time you came weren't well, you like what's that well did you, yeah but i went and talked to my friends 
Like yeah, I true. literally remember like, having Have you read debate- that chapter in Fully Alive? <laughs> <laughs> no, they never ever talked about like, like the first time y'all oh ejaculate. My God. So my parents gave me this book called How Sex Works. I remember it because I remember thinking it was like, oh my God, my parents just gave me porn. Wait, <laughs> did they go like, Gregory, yeah. we have something yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, like I remember there was like, like, because my, yeah, I'd say that my family, like I what I appreciate about my family a lot is like we are very open and through humor. Like we are very like, we laugh at each other and we're really good at like communicating like that. And okay. I remember it was like a serious moment and like looking back <laughs> and I just was like, I couldn't handle it. I just was like, I'll take the book. I'll take the book. And so I like took the book, but what I was act- on the cover. Like, do you remember? It was like, I think it's at how sex works. And like, I think it, just like- it was like, Probably oh had a rope, probably like remember. a little boy and a little girl or something holding hands. I remember the spine of the book because I would like put it in my shelf and like pretend I didn't oh, look at it all the time. <laughs> so they wouldn't have photos, but they would have they would have drawings, like drawings like of vaginas and penises and sex okay. and sexual positions. And, oh, whoa. Yeah. And it was Kama like people. Sutra, that's and what there they was, gave you. <laughs> no. Well, there was things about. Imagine. Here you like, go, Gregory. No. Well, that's a, that is a dangerous mis- under Like that. It wasn't about comments. It wasn't promoting sex. It was saying like if you were. It was really good. No, I, think. I just was picturing a book full of sex positions. Yeah. Well, they were trying to explain to you, you know, like this is like a good position that would feel good for both yeah. people. No, that's, which that's pleasure good. is an important thing. I think that needs to, to learn be about. Yeah, yeah. And not to be ashamed about. And there was an, a part. Too, Which but like touching Catholic your people are constantly shamed for. Yeah, yeah, and a lot. No, in society. Yeah, too. okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. There was a thing I remember about like mammograms and like touching breasts and touching like ball, like your balls like to learning feel things. To... And there would be like photos, and I remember being like tingling, man. <laughs> like it's like draw. When you're that young, and you're that horny. Drawings can do it. And I remember. Just, and but was it the boy drawings? Do you remember? It, it was both. It was oh, just like just it was like sexual. Naked people. Yeah, like I was just like it was exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was also learning, which it was. I'm I'm actually happy that I got that book because I think yeah. I don't know how helpful it was. But I remember my sex education being pretty good. Like. I, we didn't have bananas, but we had actual, like, literally, like, wooden, Dicks. like, dildo things. <laughs> you had dildos? Well, I mean, they aren't. Looking what? back, I'm like, were those dildos? Well, they but they be, were. If it was the shape, it could be used, Yeah, I guess. they could easily be used as dildo if lubed well, because they were wood, <laughs> and shared well, amongst you, many great 7 and 8s. You also put the condom on it, right? Yeah, and you put the condom on it, and I, my, the, when I did it, the condom broke. I remember oh being God. like, did You're I like, fail? My dildo's <laughs> too Big. No, Sorry, I was such everyone. a class clown that I was like, he failed sex dad, my condom broke. And I just like screamed and like ran around with a broken condom or whatever. Oh my God. But it was because also the condoms, like when they gave them to us, I remember also like they were like, you need to check the expiry. It's like one of the first things to make sure it's not expired. I have never yeah. realized there's yeah. an expiry. Yeah. This is my poor Oh my God, <laughs> you're learning now. Yeah. How many expire? I did not know they expired. So they were like, you need to check the expiry. And like our class, when we checked, they were all expired because it'd been like the <laughs> bin of condoms. They that they bought in yeah, bulk and then like the, 20 years I remember years the teacher before. was just like, okay, so we're just going to pretend they're not expired. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh well, my God. Yeah, and then mine broke. And I'm like, maybe due to the expiration day. Latex condoms do expire, and they have a shelf life of about five years from the date that they were manufactured. And if there's one thing I want to see, it's the inside of a condom factory, okay? I would just love to know how that works. (laughs) If there's spermicide in the condom, like, when you go get condoms, they could be lubricated, non-lubricated. Some of them have spermicide, and if they have spermicide, then their shelf life's actually only three years. So what happens is over time, the condom materials, like whether it's latex or polyurethane, will actually degrade and become more brittle. And therefore, the condoms become less flexible and are more likely to break when putting them on. When it comes to where to store your condoms, a nightstand is a great idea. A cool, dry area. If you get them somewhere that's too hot, they could actually melt. But one thing that they do say is a wallet is a bad idea because there's a lot of 
movement and friction and it's being pushed around all the time and this makes it more likely for the condom to actually break before you use it. Essentially, condoms expire because over time, the materials degrade and they're more likely to break. So get that new box of condoms, okay? But also, it was like, I remember it was good, but the, obviously the one biggest issue was there was not very much talk about like anal sex or gay mm-hmm. sex or gay pleasure, like things that were like completely lost on me at a time when I was realizing. And another thing I found weird is that through the public education system, like you said, with gym class, they teach sex ed through gym class, which I think they do because they they actually like divide people based on gender in gym class Mm. which but i wish that they actually taught sex ed through science because i think that like science is an interesting like avenue and also my science teachers gym teachers for the most part when it comes to men are extremely like this is a stereotype but i noticed all my gym teachers were like very like bro-y hetero men whereas a lot of my science teachers just innately in my experience were very like empathetic diverse genders but like i just think that they would have been better that's a really interesting perspective of even the mindset you're in in gym is like typically at that age you're thinking of fun you're thinking of games yeah never an eye rolls to the class version when you have to sit in the classroom you're like brain shut off immediately not that your brain doesn't necessarily shut off in science because it can be hard but it's but in science you think of it as a break and it's like an objective way to kind of be like we're learning about cells we're learning about your body now let's actually just learn about your sexual body okay so i have one like last story before we get into this heated not so much debate so much as a read yeah okay but um i was so i um am a trained teacher and i was a teacher for a year uh teaching science in the uk in this place called folkestone it was like a small mining town it was like very the amount of times greg (laughs) called me crying for missing home when he was living there no it wasn't missing home it was stress also being like yeah being like well i learned to love them i learned to love them so it was like a mining town 60 percent of the kids parents at the school had never worked it was like really like the behavior was insane there was like very few Hermione Grangers. They were mostly what? Crab and Goyles, right? Okay. <laughs> from, okay. from um Harry Potter, isn't that yeah, the ones? Yeah. 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 I learned like to love all the Crab and Goyles, but for about seven months they ruined my life. Yeah, you know what? Like everyone craps on Slytherin, but like there's a misinterpretation. Those are just a couple people in Slytherin. Slytherin can have some great candidates. Oh yeah, so. these were the, there were a lot of just like Hufflepuffs who just didn't know what was going on or whatever. I don't even know if that's the stereotype. We of should actually have an episode because I. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now. You're a Slytherin? I'm a Slytherin. Yeah, I know. I know. But, like, no, I'm not evil, but let's have another episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, so they actually, it was, a, the education system in the UK is terrible compared to the really amazing one that is in Canada. And they actually, like, divide uh, the people in grade seven based on, like, this test. It's, like, a socioeconomic issue. So people who have money end up, like. Like, your school is different, right? Your like, school's different. So I oh, taught at, like, the school. this level of intelligence, you go to this Yeah, school. well, this level of intelligence in air quotes. Like, based on this right. one test. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I mean. it's such so yeah. problematic. You go. I was at a state school called an academy. So, like, innately, there was worse behavior there. And then, when you're a new teacher, they give you, they literally rate the people again. <laughs> and like, they give you the lowest behavior. But that's the stupidest thing ever. I know, because like, I the am, like. the people with the most experience yeah, be working exactly. with the kids that have the most highest needs? Exactly. One of the main, many flaws of the system. And so, like, this class was insane. There's this one kid who, like, I'll never forget. He was actually taken away halfway through the year and put into this, like, other school that they had with, like, padded walls. Like, into the, into the chokey. I was like, it was the equivalent. Because that's actually (laughs) how they think of education. (laughs) Honestly, like, I'm not kidding. And he, I mean, he cracked me up, but he was the worst. He put tacks in front of his shoes and would, like, kick 
kids and kicked oh! me once. I started bleeding. What the hell? They lit things on fire all the time. The first class I did was Bunsen burners. Big mistake. They lit the lab coats on fire. I was like crying. Oh my! Uh, they used to. They would do limp wrists at me. They called me a fag. That's Anyways, so it goes on. Rude. Actually, they didn't call me a fag. They call, just call me gay because they don't say fag there. But they called me a version of their version of fag, which I didn't. It didn't sound as bad in British. Yeah. <laughs> was that what and it was? cunt. They say cunt all the time, which isn't oh that bad God. there. Anyways. So this kid, we were in, so they teach sex ed through science, but they don't allow the science teachers to do it. So these kids are jacked up. It's grade six. They're like, oh my God, we're not having science today. We're having sex ed. And these women came in who were so such sweethearts. But like at this point, I understood this class and they just were probably used to going to, you Wait, know. Wait, who were these women? They were the sex ed teachers. Oh, sorry. Okay. I but they that. didn't have, the, it, the sex ed curriculum was also weird and they just had this like, they just they their eyes were wide and they were so excited to teach everyone about sex ed but immediately these kids were just like like how do i bang a girl and they were just like oh, oh. They, they couldn't even like handle the whole situation it was just like really it was for me it stressed me out a lot because i think sex ed's so important mm-hmm. and i wasn't apparently i wasn't supposed to chime in like they're, legally they're like their they, job it's their job and this one guy, he put up his hand, and she was like, any questions? Like, right at the beginning, he was like, my dad told me when I'm finger-banging a girl <gasps> to use three fingers instead of two no. because three fingers are what's going to make her come. Is You're that lying. true? You're lying. Yes. I, and like, how old is this kid? He's in grade R equivalent of grade six. No. Yes. And I was just like, and I didn't know what to do because I it was just kind of like a crisis moment because they they – they handled it as if what he was saying was like so wrong. They like scorned him. They looked at me to yell at him. And I kind of was like, like, okay, obviously this is inappropriate, but it was interesting because he was asking it kind of like, like a real it question. was like, I think he'd heard it. Yeah. And he was like, like I need and to like, learn about yeah, this. Yeah. And he, it's like, I'm like, usually his questions and his like attitude is a joke to rile everyone up, right. but it was weirdly like serious. Curious. Yeah. yeah. And I was, and it was yeah. so interesting. And I, I remember just gave me so much anxiety and made me realize like sex ed is such a, like probably challenging thing to teach, mm-hmm. but I don't think they handled it properly. And I think again, it was like, this is why it's important as with our curriculum that sex ed's taught at least by a teacher you're comfortable with. Like right. I remember thinking, right. I it's wish I could teach that, these like, kids these random, not random, but people that they don't see every day. Yeah. And tell them yeah, about yeah, yeah. stuff that's kind of, uncomfortable in the first exactly place. it's like a stranger and i actually was starting to get to a point with them where they were like we were getting to a good place together that i was yeah, like they would trust you yeah would, yeah and i think i would have handled the question i don't think i would have like punished him so much like i think i would have like tried to like turn it into a more realistic conversation without being like it was just like a very very interesting thing but also made me laugh in my head so hard i was like did you just say <laughs> and i was like how did you like he's like but like like What's I don't think answer? I ever could. No, I know. Joking. Well, I don't know. You're like, I, well, I'm a gay man, so I have no experience with that. <laughs> well, no, I just wanted to know where he had heard those words, well, and also I was like, inc- I don't remember ever knowing that. But it was like one of those things that he was saying. I almost don't even know if he knew what he was saying. He'd heard right. it somewhere. It's just something that he thinks is cool uh, to say. Maybe it's so bad how you just. I remember the worst kids so much more than the most angelic kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because they probably stand you out those about, moments yeah. that are obnoxious. That obnoxious you're like, when they're screaming in your it. face. Yeah. And like, I can't forget this. But there were a oh. few angels who I I still remember because they were the most angels of angels but for the most angels part i'm just like like they helped me so much but for the most part i do remember the ones who like were the worst but then i'd go home and be like man that is a firecracker of a hilarious human like they could be an actor or whatever before we get into today's debate section we just want to let you all in on a little secret okay there's something that's really beneficial to us. Ooh, did you like that warm soothing should i talk like this the whole time okay 
So what we need you to do right now is uh, if you have your uh, Apple Podcast app open, we would like you to click that five-star rating and also leave a comment. Okay, this comment should be productive. It can be ecstatic if you just are enjoying this podcast. But either way, these comments and these ratings, they help with the algorithm, which is the thing that controls whether or not our podcast is seen to others. Okay? And we don't know much about this algorithm. It's probably out of our human control, as most things are these days. But if you click it and you comment, it will be helpful. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the debate. All right, here we go. Okay, so I think one of the most important things for people to realize is that this current should we give some context? Yeah, is that what you're about to do? Set it up is or or just it's comical that their solution to this sex ed wanting to change the sex ed curriculum, something that they their platform that they ran on was to revert to 1998. Literally (laughs) twenty years years ago. ago. (laughs) I was reading it makes it like the most outdated in all of Canada. All of Canada. Of course, right? Because that's twenty years ago. Yeah, it's insane that it it would be one thing if they're like, we're gonna work on this, we're gonna amend it to make it a way that we think is better. I would we would still disagree with the the changes they would want, but it's so weird that in the interim they're just like, let's just go back. Like think of Think of if you're in high school, as an example. You're only there for four years. Um, it said right now their new curriculum may, n- may not be ready till 2020, and that's like their own projection. So, so who this knows? September, like in a month or yeah, two, goes in. So those kids say they're in grade ten, or say they're in grade ten. In two or three years, they're out of school. They're going to get the 1998 education for sex ed. Yeah. How messed up is that? That they're not. And here, let's just clarify. Like this, we're gonna kind of talk a little bit about what's in this education bill. But a lot of it is like health. It's not just about sexual stuff. Some of it is. Some of it is like about consent. It's like, okay, who's disagreeing that we should teach our kids about consent? Some of it's about sexting. Who's disagreeing that we should like be relevant to how kids are engaging with sex? And also talking about like diseases and STIs and things like that. Like it's just. So I think what. Okay. So. (laughs) So what we should say is that. I mean, it's happening all over the world, right? Like we're at a really weird time politically. And this government, I mean that the conservative government ran on the platform that they were going to change the sex ed curriculum in order mm-hmm. to appeal to a certain platform and a certain like type demographic. Of demographic, that's the word, of people. Because there was a lot of misunderstanding. As a teacher, there's always a lot of misunderstanding about our jobs. Mm-hmm. And parents are concerned. I say our jobs. I was a teacher. I don't want to say that I'm a teacher now because I feel right. like I'm out of it. But it's my passion and it's what I think the most important job in the world is. And I think that teachers are so like important and you need to give them the, from a law perspective and from a respect perspective, the ability and freedom to teach properly. And it's just so weird to me because I think what it is, and I guess we, you know, we're progressive people is that they were able to be elected and they want to do this because people did think that this type of sexual education, and it goes back to the Catholic school thing you were talking about, is maybe dangerous for kids because it like promotes sexual activity. But this progressive, the old, now old sex ed curriculum that is being taken away was proven to increase health mm-hmm. and to decrease STIs and increase 
safety when it comes to sex. Well, I mean, it's the Fr- same from thing a that happens. Empirical like, perspective, right? And I, I just mean like this, and not to throw everything on like religious groups, but I'm gonna just go to the Catholic Church, who, for example, doesn't believe in the use of condoms, right? They believe abstinence, and like the Pope himself at one point, I can't remember if it this Pope or the last one, I think it was the last one, said that condoms increase the risk of HIV, and it's just like this weird spread of lies to fit a narrative. Like I get that sex conversation, sex ed is a touchy subject subject for a lot of parents it's uncomfortable they maybe are nervous about what their kids are learning they're worried that their kids are going to be more sexually active if they're taught at a young age what sex is how to use a condom but the more and more people From study a science this, perspective it's, it's so it's not wrong. true yeah. yeah let's say it loud for everyone in the back to hear sex ed does not encourage youth to have sex it's actually kind of the opposite Numerous studies, including a study by the World Health Organization, have demonstrated that sex education programs that teach young people both abstinence and contraception do not increase sexual activity nor lead youth to engage. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Gage in sex at an earlier age. What these programs do is they actually delay sexual initiation. For those who have already had sex, these programs have shown to be effective in reducing the frequency of sexual intercourse and the number of sexual partners and help young people use condoms or contraceptives more consistently. This is a good thing. But some parents might think, I don't want my young kid, my kindergartner, to be learning the mechanics of sex at such a young age. And they're not. Comprehensive sexuality education is designed to be age and developmentally appropriate. Topics are covered by grade and are planned and build sequentially on their existing knowledge. This knowledge helps young people delay sexual initiation and protect themselves when they do become sexually active. Some might think, why aren't you promoting abstinence? Sex ed programs are promoting abstinence as the best, most effective method of avoiding STIs, HIV, and unintended pregnancy. But they know that teens are going to have sex, so providing them with the tools to have safe, consensual, and protected sex can help save lives. A five-year study mandated by U.S. Congress of abstinence-only until marriage programs demonstrated that they had no impact on teens' sexual behavior. And unlike the comprehensive sex ed programs that did delay teens from having sex, a large study in the U.S. found that abstinence-only programs did not help teens delay from banging. I I find it really frustrating that it's just like, also, some arguments I've heard is like parents being like, well, it should be... I'm the parent. I get to decide. It's my responsibility to talk to my kid about this. But I also feel like, and I don't, this is just like anecdotal, like what I think 
is true. A lot of those parents that are saying that are also the parents that are not talking to their kids. Well, that's what I think interesting about you saying your parents never yeah, talk a lot to of, about Yeah, a lot sex. of people who are really conservative yeah. and are worried their kids are going to learn. Like, So there's there's a side of yeah. this or a piece of this puzzle, which is people who are just like homophobic, transphobic, whatever. Well, which that, we need to explain, though. Uh, so, sorry, people might listening might not understand Okay, so this why. sex bill removes any conversation about sex, like gender identity okay, conversations. Okay, so also let's read the actual... Uh, I'll go. Can I go through a couple different grades? Yeah. Well, I want to say something first okay. about as a teacher with the curriculum, which is really interesting. People okay. think that when you are given a curriculum as a teacher, that you are given day one, you do this. Day two, you do this. Mm-hmm. It is so vague. So even looking at these, I remember these curriculum documents. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. They're extremely. They stress me out because they're very like, minimal. Tell you what and you're do. like. Wait, I got one hour per day with these kids, five days a week, and this is what you're giving me? Like one sentence that says like, you know, sexual health and decision making. Like, what does that mean? Right? right? So to <laughs> like be, that's all you get? That's all you get. Some this like sometimes there'll be like a little like bullet point with a little extra information or like this would be a great idea as like a really like maybe right. a good activity. But honestly, this most stressful and hardest part it's about being a teacher is being like how I have to design from scratch mm. something that's gonna make these kids interested. But either way, what it says here in this curriculum is so vague that if you are really scared or you're really concerned, it's like, seriously, this is just giving teachers the confidence and the ability and the way to feel supported to talk about these things. Right. And when it comes to the actual speaking about like like diverse lifestyles or being trans or being um, uh, like lesbian and gay and things like that, all it really says it's just like have a discussion. Like about acknowledge it. that acknowledge that exists. It. It's, yeah. it's not saying to do anything else. And I think it's interesting to me because that comes in. So it's like I mean, it, what grade is it? It's grade three, but it's at the same time that they learn about differences in skin color and ability and um, like hair and eyes. And it's mixing to just like talk about diversity. Like people are different. People have different types of struggles. You shouldn't judge people based on these qualities. Um, and so it's just so weird to me that it's like, how can someone? I mean, my guess is most people who oppose this haven't actually read it. But how can someone look at this and not see the comparison of race issues that would have happened, are still happening, but people in the past who would have been like, I don't want my kids learning about like different races and stuff like that and skin color. How can they not see that in the curriculum, they're literally side by side, physical ability, cultural cultural values, learning abilities, gender identity, different family types, such as one parent, two parent, two mom or two dad, grandparents, caregivers. Like it's about teaching the kids about the world literally that they have to live in. And I can't see how someone might not miss the point that being afraid of talking about like a trans person or a gay person, how is that any different than, you know, decades ago when people were like, I don't want my kids learning about like uh, black issues. Yeah. Or okay. black people. Yeah, no, it's true. And I but there is one in grade eight too. So yeah, in, it gets, in grade eight. It goes they, later. It says, I just mean that's in grade three. You're, okay, yeah. Because like, yeah, yeah. people are here's the thing. People are saying like, I don't want the innocence of my child to be destroyed. Like, that's why I'm bringing up grade three. Grade eight's like, screw you. People are like having sex in grade eight. Like, not everyone, and like I'm not saying they should be, but you can't deny that by grade eight, they have to be learning about this. So why I'm talking about the earlier grades is because if people have like feelings about kids learning about gender and sexuality in grade three i'm just like this is what they're learning about they're learning to accept and understand the different types of people and around become them. better educated more wholesome people and yeah. also another interesting thing and i think that's what the narrative that's happening right in ontario right now is that effective properly researched 
and scientifically empirically backed sex education is a human right underneath like the Mm -hmm. UN laws. And I think what's interesting is like, this is actually going against that because Mm -hmm. we're going back. This is a proof, the proven sex, amazing sexual education proven with empirical evidence studied for years is now being taken away. And it's like, if you think about it, I mean, obviously around the world, the sex education in Canada, even from 1998 is probably like really good compared to the rest of the world. Fair, But it's still a country that obviously like is a huge supporter of the UN who's now just mm-hmm. going backwards. It's just so weird because we're sitting here in Canada like what? Like an example, yeah, is like in it says proper names for body parts and genitals are that's taught grade in three, grade, right? grade one. Grade one. And that's which they want to is say penis. a change which is a change that child abuse investigators had long urged. So it's like, th- this is not just yeah. randomly like, let's yeah. just decide to t- call it a penis. It's like, no, this has been talked about by professionals. Yeah. And here's another point that Rachel made to me the other day. It's like, you would never tell a math teacher what to teach your student. Like, they're experts. They're the yeah. ones who are taking the information that's being studied at large. And really intelligent people going like, at grade one, what should we teach kids about math? It's not your place as a parent to talk about that, really, because the education system is meant to prepare your child for the world, not prepare them in the way you want. That's what homeschooling is for. If you don't want your kid to be imparted into like the education system. Which before. you are allowed to do as well. You are. If you That's want to, And if you want to opt your kid out of this sex education, that was an option too. Like it's not like people were doing that. Yeah. And I guess like. Maybe something we can talk about is some people argue like, well, what what's the line of when when you get to have a say as a parent in education? Like, obviously, politics people voted and they voted for this man. Maybe not for this specific thing. But it was very clear he was going to do this. Yeah, so and I mean, I, but many other things. It's like, oh wow, like every uh, wind and solar and electric like uh, rebates and stuff are all being taken away. Like all there's literally like a hundred million dollar windmill thing that he's like just canceling that's like already almost halfway complete and it's just like obviously people voted for many other things i'm not saying it's all about this sex ed thing yeah oh i see it comes with and certain like issues. so many studies have shown that like like it was like 94 percent of parents agree that kids need to learn sex ed early in school and i guess the contention comes with like at what age and what topics but i don't know that that many people are arguing this especially not teachers and i have teacher friends who are like this changed like four years ago like get over it like no teacher is sitting in class being like begrudging this and like you said the rubric is so vague probably teachers that don't want to teach it aren't teaching it but it's still interesting to know that if they're not like when this existed if they weren't teaching it they were out of the norm they had to take do, right now the to, teachers have to be out of the norm to, to teach think it, about it yeah which is having like, those words yeah, there being it's like, about oh. being supported as a teacher you want to feel supported that's the only you need to know and that's the other thing is that as a teacher you have to deal with so many parents all the time. It's, it's one of the biggest issues. And the most important things as a teacher is to know that you're supported by the curriculum and know that you're supported by the actual system so that mm-hmm. when those teachers come in and read right. you out have like, and yeah, everything's your fault, you get to at least walk away and go, okay, well, I actually I know the truth. What I the followed rule the rules. Yeah, like and that's of- why this is scary. But, okay, the other thing I want to say about this whole, like in grade eight, you want, you're supposed to learn about gender identity, sexual orientation, self-concept. I don't know what self-concept even means. <laughs> it's exactly it's like, there we go. We, need, yeah, to, we right. need to learn that. My point is that, like, okay, I think from, I think that sexual education in society does let down women and queer people and people obviously who are transgender and LGBTQ. Just like any minorities, plus. really, right? But for a specific reason, which for me has to do with pleasure. And I th- and they very specifically talk in this new sex ed thing that's mm-hmm. disappearing about like the importance about. of teaching pleasure. Yeah. So I think what is missing is the ability for women 
and for gay people to understand that we are deserving of pleasure. Because when you teach about sex ed, there's like, even like the way that like, I remember putting the condoms on the bananas. It was, it was, it's a lot of, the guys are laughing. It's about the penis. It's yeah. very like, you know, guys are talking about masturbating. They're talking about banging girls. Or they, they can receive pleasure all they want. It's, it's that similar stereotype. And that's where like, like what they're expected to do, right? Yeah, like if they're girls like, have I, lots of sexual for partners. my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but all, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's true. And also, like, if girls have lots of sexual pleasures, they're considered like sluts. Right. Whereas when guys do it, they're considered like the man. And queer people are just aren't even discussed. Yeah. And I really think that the inability of the edge of teachers and in a formal place to not educate that everyone is deserving of pleasure and pleasure comes with sex and pleasure is extremely important literally creates years and years of damage that continues to affect me and continues to affect women and is a huge aspect like feeling guilty about being pleasure and feeling dirty about it right feeling guilty feeling dirty and then also uh, making men feel that they're the sole people who are allowed to have it which leads to my opinion the obviously insane amount of sexual abuse that happens with men towards whether it's queer people or women, et cetera. You know what I mean? And I think Mm -hmm. that is like, in my opinion, and it's been studied, so damaging to eliminate that. And that was in this progressive curriculum. There's really interesting parts where they allow the teachers to speak about the pleasures of sex, which is so important because it is practical to put on a condom it's practical to learn about stis because those things are very practical and they it's like a public health safety concern that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. but it was in here to talk about the pleasures of sex to acknowledge that that yeah gay people have sex and they have pleasure too why is everyone so scared of that like why are parents so scared like i think do they think that if you talk about pleasure that increases the rate at which then you're promoting you're promoting sex but that's because it's 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 the times are changing it's literally like the wrong side of history it's how the world works we've progressed and it's like we know that giving condoms out doesn't make kids like it's not skyrocketing like like educating kids on how to be safe how to like not accidentally get pregnant doesn't suddenly make them have sex more. If anything, you're just like protecting them when they're going to inevitably have sex without a condom, you know, like it's just being smart. I even have a stat related to pleasure here. That was like in a 2015 study in Toronto. Yeah. No one discussed pleasure. Yeah. It was less than 30% had learned about healthy relationships and not a single person said they learned about sexual pleasure. Exactly. And that is like the type of stuff that makes me Which is so weird. It's like, this is when this is when I love science in some ways because you're like it's we need to it should be in a science class because it's like this is just what happens right yeah in your let's brain, talk yeah. about what is going on in your body we can make it like an interesting discussion about what pleasure is in the first place and how this is just part of the process and why pleasure is an interesting motivator for evolution you know what I mean like mm-hmm. there's levels to and when you in- deny the pleasure of sex is when you deny the fact like like for example you're saying with Catholic people being like you need to perform abstinence that's ignoring the fact that it is pleasure. You know what I mean? Like you can't promote abstinence right. if you're not ignoring the fact that physiologically it feels good. And that's why people are going to do it no matter and what. And think of how much guilt you build up in your mind when you're told it's bad. You shouldn't do it. And mm. then you do it and, and it feels good. And that's what happens to women and, all the and time. Gay they're people. told it's bad. And, well, yeah. Gay people, they're not even discussed. Oh, no. But yeah, I just no, mean told you're bad. told like, told oh, yeah. you just had fun having sex with a person of yeah, the same sex. so much shame. You yeah. should feel really bad about that. Not only because you're not supposed to have sex until you're married. In many countries, you can't get married if you're a gay person. But the same with the and it's like you're not supposed to yeah but, it's but like, i'm i'm not even speaking just from the catholic sense i'm speaking from like like societal societal and 
places that didn't have this progressive sex education. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like even in say Saskatchewan or even in say like a progressive place like Scandinavia, I don't know that they, they might not have the Catholic issue in the same way. They might have a progressive thing, but this Ontario sex ed curriculum that they're taking away was so intelligently written that pleasure was such an important part mm -hmm. of it. And I'm saying that's what's so sad. It doesn't even matter because whether you're Catholic or not, no, yeah, I, I don't mean to harp back on that. Like, That's just yeah. my personal experience of yeah, like yeah. seeing the damage it can do. But not, I just mean like in general told, like lots of kids are told they shouldn't have sex before marriage and that's not just a religious thing, right? Yeah. Like it, it becomes so ingrained that like sex is bad unless it's under these very certain given circumstances that are controlled by your parents and by society. Yeah. And it's like just unrealistic because it's going to happen anyway. It's the same reason people... Who, like, I know this is a fully other debate in terms of, like, pro-choice and pro-life, but it's, like, if it's going to happen anyway, like, like taking away the yeah. ability to have an abortion doesn't decrease abortion rates. Yeah. It Rem increases, yeah, like, we the did risk a video about of that. abortions and, and the way that they're done, people going to other places to get them or doing them really unsafely on themselves. And so I think it's a similar problem where you're, like, just because you're hiding it from the public doesn't mean that stuff's not going to happen anymore. And it's th then then it becomes a public safety and health issue. Yeah, which Kids it is. Kids are not being prepared to take care of themselves, which is just the massive problem on top of not even acknowledging segments of society and, and making them safe as well, which is also a public safety issue. Yeah, I think all in all, it's just, it's sad because I think this is sort of happening around the world, this feeling that like progress is, is like, being challenged because progress is like, wrong or dangerous or getting out of hand and it's just this to me i think the reason why we wanted to talk about it and it became so clear is that it's like this is so it's so black and white in my opinion mm -hmm. it's like there is no way that you can literally explain to me why this progressive sex education bill could be bad mm. and the people who think it is bad it's like i think it's important to try and empathize with them and it makes sense. And right. I think at the end of the right. day, they're just trying to like take care of their kids in the way that they think is right. Exactly. And I think that that's important to listen to. And what's sad is that sometimes the reason why I think government is important and the reason why I do believe in our current government is that it's great when they can take over and be like, I know that there's many diverse opinions and views, but we know through research and mm -hmm. through science and through evidence that this what is the works. best thing for your kid and just let us take this over which is what they were doing yeah, it goes and now back to it's like, gone mm, and here's the best thing for them to learn in physics because we've studied it and this is what their brains are capable of at this age like it's people who spend their lives learning how to teach children but that's what happens as a teacher you're always being told by parents by right, what's right you're always getting shit on because it's challenging right you have a class of kids all those kids come from different backgrounds and again, if you can feel supported by your administration, by your curriculum, that's so important because it allows you to be the best teacher you can be possible, which every parent wants for their kid. And every parent has their own specific issues with teachers. But all I can say is that for the most part, you know, teachers are doing their best. And even if they are a bad teacher, the fact that the curriculum is there right. is so important because yeah. it means that that teacher who has maybe to follow has those standards. to talk about queer people, mm -hmm. has to talk about the gender spectrum, which is... It's so important that kids understand that and then they can go home. And also the kids who are in those categories can feel seen and heard. Like yeah. it's important for both like a straight kid to understand that gay people exist or that trans people exist as well as it is for those gay people to go like, oh, like I can acknowledge myself now and feel like I'm part of this society that I'm growing up in. Yeah. And I think 
the I mean, if we want to speak from a specific personal issue, I think the biggest, the biggest, I'm going to speak specifically about almost, okay, I'm literally going to speak about gay white men because that's the most specific thing that we can talk about. So I think the biggest issue with gay white men is an ingrained sense of growing up having to lie and feel shame for Mm. so long until you come out. And then even now you still feel shame, like internalized homophobia, et cetera. Mm. That shame would have been combated the littlest bit by having your teacher look at a classroom and just explain your lifestyle and potentially explain even just quickly like what gay sex is, how it works, and that it's okay and that it involves pleasure and it's pleasurable and it's not bad. That is like would have been the most valuable thing mm-hmm. in my whole that would entire, your entire existence life, yeah. of elementary school and high school. It would have changed everything for me. And I think that it's just so sad because it's not that's a quick sentence right it's not going to damage anyone mm-hmm. maybe it's going to go over a lot of people's heads but th- for sure statistically there's going to be people in that classroom and if you're if you are trans if you are feeling mm-hmm. that way if you're feeling like you're on the spectrum it's the same thing this isn't this is real you know we've done the science there's a video coming on about that this is a real valid way to feel this is a, you, it's literally going to change people's lives save lives Mm -hmm. and it's going to also just allow every individual in that classroom to understand literally how the world works and that it is not a bad thing and i think that that would combat so much of the issues that like me and all my friends who are so privileged and are so happy and have been out for years like literally the biggest issues in our lives and the biggest struggle that we have from a mental health perspective would have been combated by this curriculum. In early age, yeah. And when you're developing. It's like, also, something I wanted to bring up was, like, grade six, I think, is the first time you start actually learning about, like, masturbation and sexuality. And it's like, that's, like, literally the time in my life when I look back now and I'm like, that's when I started questioning my sexuality. I know some people come in, they're like, I, I knew I was gay my whole life. But for me, that's the age you're going through puberty. And when I started finally realizing, like, I, th- I-, I couldn't put it into words. But it's just a time in my life and I'm like, it could have changed so much if yeah. I was learning about this at and that time. And consent, right? It's like mm-hmm. those are things that are, it's, it's such, and we can see now what happens when you don't teach people these things. Mm-hmm. It's very obvious. You can read about it everywhere. It's just so depressing to think that this was a move that a government was going to make weeks after getting into office to no. appeal to people. And I think it's just this is really sad. One thing I want to like maybe end on that maybe can, because I've been feeling sort of like, a little hopeless like lately with like so much going on in the world that just seems to be like regression in so many ways or going against what you feel yeah like what i think is the progression that like society should have and like this acceptance and love it's interesting how it's usually like literally called progressives i know (laughs) it's like well in canada they change their names to progressive conservatives but it's like really no you're not you're literally reverting and regressing the curriculum to 20 years ago change your name get out of here goodbye but (laughs) all i wanted to say is i'm reading this book on gender right now that's really fascinating Fascinating. And one section of it was talking about in the 18, late 1800s, like the first day that women were allowed to work in hospitals and it being like this great moment. But literally hundreds of men went to this hospital and were like spitting tobacco on women, throwing tinfoil at them, like being so rude and just thinking of that image of a mind and what those people probably felt so convinced that this was disgusting. This was wrong. It's like not like liberals have gone too far. And where we are now, of course, we have so far to go. But, like, obviously women work in hospitals and no one bats an eye. And sometimes I think about now how we're getting this it's huge pushback. It's a predominantly pushback. female industry now. Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I just mean like it gives me some hope for now to know like just because there's this pushback, mm-hmm. we might look back and we we probably will look back and go like remember when people were so anti or so anti-trans, so racist, so sexist, so homophobic, and we like we'll have those battles to fight in the future as well. But it's just like a nice reminder, con- yeah, that yeah. just because people are angry about it, de- like they're gonna look the stupid in the future. And it's a sign of progress, right? When there's mm-hmm. pushback, I think yeah. that's what we're seeing a lot. With like, I know we've, and I, I really want to do a podcast where we speak about someone like Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. where it's like when you think about how there is a there, there is something happening where for the first time, like literally, white straight men are being challenged and they're freaking out, right? And mm-hmm. it's like. That is because they're being challenged. And I know that we would all wish that they could accept it and that we could move forward and know because we can see from our perspective how it would just make the world a better place. But the fact that they are getting so scared and it's like creating a very scary, dangerous environment for a lot of people is also a sign that the progress is happening, I think. Mm -hmm. And like literally when I think when I think about like the like like is NATO just Mexico, Canada and America? I think so. Okay, so we were very wrong. <laughs> NATO is not correct. What we were th- what I was thinking of was NAFTA. Okay, these N acronyms back in the news right now because of he who shall not be named, aka Trump. So what I was thinking was was NAFTA, which is the North American Free Trade Agreement, and it is between Canada, Mexico, and the United States. It came into play in 1994, and contrary to Trump's belief, when analyzed, it's been found that this trade agreement has been beneficial to all of the North American economies, and the average citizen living in all three countries. NATO, on the other hand, which is what we brought up incorrectly, is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which is a treaty between 29 countries that are from North America, but also from Europe, such as like Canada, us, the US, the people down there, you know, the United Kingdom, Netherlands, a lot of European countries. And it was signed to help maintain peace on a world scale after World War II. It was created in 1949 to unite these countries in defense against an attack by an external party. So, for example, if one of these countries was attacked, they would all come together to fight back. And so this actually did happen after September 11th. That was considered an attack. And then there was a NATO-led war against Afghanistan. So Americans might not know this, but Canada did go to war in Afghanistan because of NATO. Right now in the news, you are hearing about NAFTA and hearing about NATO because Trump is hard at work uh, dismantling democracy. Not sure if he, like us, has read very many history books, but I guess we're not the president of the United States. So maybe we're let off a little bit easier. Anyways, my blood pressure is going up, so we're not going to get into that now. You should listen to the New York Times The Daily if you want to get kept up with all that nonsense. In the meantime, we will get back to our podcast and talking about sexual education. When I think about those countries right now, I think it's really interesting, right? Like we have Trump, we have Justin Trudeau, but like I wouldn't be surprised if it switches to something more conservative next time because that's what happens, right? Right. When you look at Mexico, they have this extremely new left-wing president, I think they're called president, and the mayor of Mexico City is this female scientist who's a genius. She's literally like going to try and figure out because they literally built Mexico City like on a like old mm-hmm. lake and like mm-hmm. the aquifers disappearing, it's sinking. <laughs> they, you know what I mean? There's the, the most right. progressive like country right. right now is like maybe Mexico, <laughs> which is very interesting, but it's like because there has to be that, that balance, give right? Like back. Trump, yeah. I genuinely hope and pray is going to create like I mean, a movement pray, of people. Think, pray, clap my hands together and speak <laughs> to the air is going to like create, yeah, this pushback, right? And I think it's okay. We're in that time, but 
right now where there's the pushback because I think things have been progressing. And I think if you, yeah. right, you said when you look in history, that pushback it, came yeah. from men. But here we are. And I hope I'm hopeful. Yeah. Because Obama it said brings he was hope. hopeful. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hopeful <laughs> too. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. Sorry if that was heavy. I mean, I think it's really important. I think we should all be talking. And sorry if that was niche because I think a lot of people like well, there's, aren't I mean, from Toronto slash yeah, Ontario. But, but I think it it's is interesting. An issue all yeah. over the world, I think. And if you think of America, it's a state issue, right? Like, yeah. I think it's so different it's, amongst it's, all the states. Yeah. And that whichever state you're in, you can probably relate to it to some perspective. Yeah. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Let us know your opinion on this kind of stuff. I we'll know. do something funny. Well, we're going to Just for Last Montreal. <laughs> Lol, imagine we did this at Just yeah, like this for Last. Like podcast there, yeah. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's trying. On sex ed. Penis? But it's no, interesting it's to talk about. It's a diverse podcast. I'm glad we got to just like, we were just feeling riled up and it just happened. So we were like, it's an important thing to talk about. Something we care about. And hopefully you care about as well. Yeah. And, and maybe us- we changed your opinion if you felt a little bit different. Or maybe not. I, wanted not. To, I would love to know people's opinions on what we've said. I think yeah, that it would be it is easy. To hear the to other side. I feel like I have heard a bit of the other side, but it's always it's hard because you want to talk to people in person. But let us know your opinions. We're not trying to inflame like some sort of like huge war between people. It's, it's easy to talk into. A I've mic talked to talk many back, conservatives, people who voted for Doug Ford, who do think this was a mistake. I right? agree. Like ideologically, and even on my Facebook, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. that people, especially teachers, who are just like, "Why? Yeah, this wasn't like that fiscal important. conservatives are like, this is not. It's just I yeah. think it's just pandering to like that extreme. Those extremes. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Hashtag side note podcast if you want to chat about it. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.